Welcome to the Bayou City Soccer Podcast. Whether inside or outside the loop, we are talking everything soccer in Houston. Y'all ready? Let's get it. What up, Houston? Welcome to another episode of the Bayou City Soccer Podcast. My name is Rudy Segura, and I am joined by two really cool guys, man. What's up, Christian and Joey? How you doing, Chris? Good, man. How's it going? Thank you for calling me a cool guy. But yeah, how's it going, guys? What's up, Joey? Hey, what's up? Man, uh, it's it's been a great week so far, I would say. But, uh, you know, especially if you're a Dino fan, not so much if you're a Dash fan. But uh, how you guys been so far? Chris, how you been, man? Good, man. Uh, honestly, as much as, uh, you know, Ben Olsen is having so much, like, trouble putting teams together, I really enjoy it, you know, watching the Dynamo every two to three days. It, it's kind of like a dream, you know? Like, these past two weeks, we've been watching the Dynamo so much. I I, I love it. I love it. I can't, can't complain. It is kind of strange, you know, but I, I, I'm with you, man. I, I love knowing that there's a midweek game for sure, man. And, Joey, how you been, man? Yeah, I'm doing busy. great. Hell yeah, so much soccer lately, yeah. Just like you guys said, I mean, all the Dynamo games, all the Dash games coming, you know, you got European stuff too. It's like soccer every day, it's great. Yeah, and you know the only soccer thing that I have, tournament that I haven't kept up with is the U20. I know that uh, you guys probably been watching it, Joey, but... Yeah, I've been watching. It's probably because Mexico's not in it, and I forget to <laughs> sing, like uh, check on the uh, U20 for the U.S., because, I mean, I saw that they beat Fiji and they had a ton mm-hmm. of goals, but it is Fiji at the end of the day. But we'll see them play some good competition coming up. And uh, even, you know, the the Dynamo Dose players, uh, I don't even – I couldn't even tell you if they've been playing or not. So uh, Valdez just got – just shipped in, I think, five against Brazil. Oof. Yeah. I yeah. haven't watched any of the Colombia, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't Juan's know. I don't know if Castilla. I know he for sure didn't start, but I don't know if he got any mm-hmm. minutes. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Yeah, so it's it's here on there. Like you said, a lot of tournaments. Obviously, we have the uh, women's World Cup coming up. Uh, here in the region, we have the uh, Gold Cup starting up pretty soon too, along with Nations League. So it seems like soccer never ends, man. Uh, this. Uh, I wish I, I think my wife wishes that I was more into like football or or basketball that there's is some kind of off season <laughs> to an extent uh, because it just never ends. It just never ends, man. I mean, we went to the MLS ended, then the World Cup starts, and then it just been nonstop. Especially for the MLS, this off season was so short too. Mm-hmm. It uh, it was pretty quick of a turnaround and. Having this many games in a month, I think we had the Dynamo had like between the Dynamo, those. Oh my goodness! Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> we're all here. Sorry, guys. We we should have said that we're watching the Austin Chicago match because we're trying to see who the Dynamo will face on the next round. So we're super excited for that. You know what? Let's just go ahead and get on it. Um, Houston Dynamo that uh, all played. Uh, this weekend, the Dash ended up getting, I don't know if dismantled is the right word, but uh, Alex Morgan and company came to Show Energy Stadium just to completely obliterate some ladies' team with a 3-0. It was 3-0, right? Or did we, I mean, yeah, it was 3 nothing. <laughs> Uh Yeah, that was a really tough match uh, for me to watch because we're at Senate Avenue watching the... Uh, FC Dallas match um, over the weekend. But, Joey, I don't know if you got to watch a little bit of that. Just maybe share your disappointment if you did or, you know, what you're expecting from the girls uh, on Friday. I mean, it's it's embarrassing, you know, to host a game and lose 3 nothing is always embarrassing, no matter who you play, really. Mm-hmm. And San Diego, they're, they're a good team. They, you know, Alex Morgan... She's awesome. She's going to score goals all the time. So, I mean, tough opponent, but, you know, you, you don't want to ever lose 3 nothing at home. It's just it's disappointing, but Dash always struggle at home. So, got some good, uh, got a good road game this coming game, this coming Friday against Kansas City. I think that's a pretty good matchup. 
Hopefully we get a win. That's turned into like a rivalry, obviously, because they're probably the, well, they are the closest team um, to Houston. So Kansas Mm -hmm. City, Houston always have a little rivalry in soccer for sure, man. Uh, I'm hoping for a bounce back. Yeah, exactly. They they went to playoffs. That first dash playoff that, oh, there it is, 2-0 Chicago. Good job, guys. So it looks like the Dynamo may go against Chicago at this rate. Uh, it looked like was it Shakiri finished that? That's pretty mm-hmm. good stuff, man. But uh, it, it, it looks good to see Austin struggle at home. I don't know. I don't know about that. Maybe, huh? <laughs> but Christian, uh, you know, Dynamo Dos did get to play as well. Um, they played on Sunday against North Texas. Um, crazy game. And then at three three went to penalties, and Houston was able to get that win. Man. It was like the, yeah, it was the my bad. It was the dream kind of like game for them in a way, right? Um, the the second thing is that you know you kind of divide points whenever you tie, but the fact that you know they were able to come back and not lose, uh, you know they were down in the in the game, and you know they came back towards the end, you know forced it to the penalty kicks, and then being able to beat them at their home. I think is always a plus. So shout out to uh, Kenny Bundy and, and the guys over there. They've been doing a lot of rotations, a lot of movements too. a lot of younger guys also stepping up uh, these past few games. So it, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty cool to see, you know, new faces and, and, and new names every once in a while, you know, and kind of get you, get your gears moving in, in your head to like thinking about the future of the club and everything that is, that is being built. Uh, from the bottom, you know, all the way to the first team. So pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, for sure, man. So it's good to have that rivalry. I think it's one of those that just because it is Dallas, they've been trying to push that rivalry, but I think it is sticking. The guys tend to play very good on both sides of the, uh, on both teams um, when they come into this rivalry match. So the intensity continues and, and it's one of those that that match in particular was a hell of a match. You know, it was like uh Basically, like a heavyweight going at it, everybody getting a good punch in all the way till the uh, the final penalty by, uh, was it Jathan to score that last goal uh, to get that second point, basically. But guys, then we go to the Texas Derby. I mean, that's a game that, you know, Houston fans have that penciled in from the beginning of the season as, as soon as they release the schedule. One that many... Uh, Many fans traveled to it uh, from Houston and vice versa when it's here in in, in Houston for Dallas. But um, overall, I think it was a really good game. I think we've see- talked about this, how, you know, yes, um, the team has lost a couple games, 1-0, who's going to score. But defensively, they do a really good job. And uh, for them to get such a good uh, goal to- late, with uh, Thor coming in, uh, you know, a young guy that he kind of gets lost in conversation because everybody's so focused on Corey Baird and the Seva saga. But Thor, man, uh, scoring his goal, tying it up. Uh, they played a good, again, Dallas is up in the table at the time they were, I believe, in third. Um, Jesus Ferreira had been on fire. He was pretty much contained the entire match. but. Joey, we'll start with you, man, just because you were able to, you know, probably watch it better than we did. Um, and that was, that's another thing, too. We were at Senate Avenue uh, for that game. Not as many people went that I expected just because I think a lot of the ones that we ten- that we know actually went to Dallas to catch the game. But uh, we'll be back there on in two weekends for the St. Louis match. So, you know, maybe catch us up there at uh Senate Avenue. But yeah, Joey, uh, just your thoughts on the match, man. Yeah, I mean it was it was a bad I don't know if it's a bad performance. It wasn't a good performance. It's kind of yeah. I mean, and you could say the same thing about Dallas. I don't think either team looks at that game and says, wow, we played really well. So I think the draw was definitely fair. I think we saw some really solid performances under it. I think Mikhail was excellent again. I thought Escobar was was pretty much saved us from losing really. Um Herrera looked as good as ever. I think Bossy had a good impact on the game. I mean, yeah, it was ugly. We got a point. 
you can't really complain too much. But that's usually how those games go, don't they, Chris? Like rivalries, they can get just kind of ugly, scrappy, gritty. Uh, not the best, most beautiful soccer, just because it's pretty intense match, man. Yeah, those those games are basically try not to lose type games. I mean, I guess every game is not try not to lose, right? But with those games, there's so much more like you know bragging rights and and everything like that. You know all the all the shit talking and everything in between that you want to beat you want to beat your rival. You want to be the the one that comes out victorious at the end. And you know, like like Joey was saying, it wasn't you know too crazy of a showing. It was kind of you know weird and locked and kind of random at times. But you know, I think we we fought very well, um, and you know we were able to get a point. It, it's difficult for us to win over there, uh, as much as you know the the stadium vibes and everything like that is very different, you know, in Frisco compared to what we have here at home. But it's always been difficult because Dallas has always had a little upper hand when it comes to, you know, having a, a slightly better roster than we do. But I think, you know, slowly but surely we're, we're kind of building a little something. And this game, you know, me personally, I thought that we had a good chance to go up there and win it for the first time in a while. I think it, I'm not mistaken, it said something like 14 games that the visitor hadn't won away or something like that i might be completely wrong joey is the one with the stats but you know it that's to kind of show you how hard it is to go you know away in the texas derby and, and come out with the three points so i think we did pretty good you know getting getting a tie is good you know adding points anywhere is good so i'm just glad we, we went over there and we didn't you know just sit back or get kind of pounded on uh, we we were we went out there and we kind of gave them a fight, you know. So, yeah, yeah. what it, it was good, you know. But same thing, thing being being somewhere with like a bunch of people, it's, it's kind of hard to watch and stay focused. But I think we did pretty good given the circumstances. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you, man. Obviously, the lineup just going through it. Uh, we had Steve Clark, you know, Mister Superman himself, uh, get another start like always, and. uh we finally saw uh, Franco Escobar get pushed to the right side. Uh, and then the pair of center backs was Mikel and Bartlo. Gasper was a little bit surprising uh, to see him play um, just because Derby, he hasn't seen a lot of minutes in the last year and a half due to injury. Uh, however, it did, it did make sense afterwards just because, you know, he wasn't going to be able to be a part of the U.S. Open Cup match since he got red carded against uh, Sporting KC. The midfield, you know, the the really strong uh, trio of uh, Carrasquilla, Arthur, and Hector Herrera did their thing. It was good to finally see, uh, you know, Ferreira start and alongside Aliu Ibrahim. And this cat has been uh, looking pretty good. It looks like he's been with the team for a long time, even though he just arrived about a month ago. And then Bossi up top. Um, I will say... I like the way that, you know, Ferreira has been putting a, some good work. Uh, he's never going to be, you know, a pressing striker, but he is working really hard. Joey, I, I don't know. I don't know what you think about that, man. I think he's just not that great. <laughs> I don't think for the, for, for the scheme, we know that he doesn't really fit it, right? Yeah, he doesn't. I mean, and even when in a lot of the moments when we expect him to do what he does best, he hasn't really delivered either. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Been, he like, has no goals it. so far. He's a goal scorer. You're right. You're right. I think Eliu uh, <clears throat> uh, has, again, he moved in pretty quickly. We've seen him play centrally. We've seen him play in the wing uh, the, the time that he's come in. And he doesn't look out of position if that makes sense it looks like he, he feels pretty pretty natural wherever you see him on the field and along for eight i think he, you know they did a good job of maintaining uh that just you know dallas to play on look for the outside of the field and because centrally they were never going to be the the you know the big three in the middle from houston so um i think overall they did a good job and then obviously we know that Eventually, with the substitutions um, from uh, Ben Olsen, you know, bringing in Thor, 
bringing in a, a few more players like Quinones and Baird um, to, you know, give a, a change of speed for the team. And then eventually getting that really nice corner uh, or a goal from a corner for Thor. Pretty good stuff, man. Um, I think overall we know that defensively the Dynamo are a completely different team. Um, they barely get scored on and they barely make mistakes. And when they do, they'll get punished most of the time, for sure. I I, I was trying to remember how they scored their goal, and I, I'm literally like blanking on the way that they scored their goal. It was set piece. Was it? Okay. Yeah, as Coco completely lost his man, Bartlow didn't recognize it. Missed, ah, uh, didn't right, didn't slide right. over and then I mean yeah and then it was bad from Coco right he got mm-hmm. a free was it uh Quignon? yeah it's Quignon and he heads it down to O'Brien I mean it was terrible from Coco to even give up the foul and then he misses the man I don't think it's it's hard to blame Bart it's kind of like McHale against Minnesota where like yeah that could have done better thing. with the mistake but like. Right. Escobar is kind of, is really the guy at fault. It's kind of like that where Barlow could have maybe recognized it better and slid over, but Coco gets the main. I blame. like you know now that you mentioned Coco, uh, you know there's a the conversation has kind of turned towards Coco. Like, are we good with Coco? Or, I think he's a good player. I just don't think he fits the system here, uh, and I think it was very noticeable uh, midweek against Minnesota, but. And we'll we'll talk a little bit more there, but yeah, just Coco. You know, obviously we saw him play in the Texas Derby, and he does a great job of you know carrying the ball, uh, playing box to box. But I feel like he just doesn't have that last you know pass towards goal, Christian. I don't know, you know, your thoughts on on Coco. Yeah, I mean. On on I think Coco has his positive things and then he has his like negative things of course. Um I mean the what, what, something that I like about Coco is that his his kind of quick touches. Like if he if he can find somebody to play with, he's able to like play quick and able to like connect quick, you know, wall like wall to wall touches type thing. Um but he does lack like final decision making. You know, you I think it, it's kind of like the same thing that Baird kind of, you know, struggles with that they kind of do everything right in a way. But when it comes to doing that final pass, it's like, they don't know what to do at the end. Uh, the one thing that Coco has that most of our players don't have is that he actually tries to shoot from outside the box, which is something that I really enjoy uh, because nobody else does. Right. Yeah. So it, it's one of those things that you're like, well, you know, if Coco's around the, the you know, the 18 yard box, he's, he might try to get a shot off, but that's the thing. Sometimes he overthinks, and he tries to give a pass, and then you're like, bro, like you could have shot it. But uh, one thing that I wanted to kind of ask you guys and, and get your opinion on is, you know, because a lot of people are talking about the whole, you know, system thing, and you know, he doesn't fit the system. And I, we, me personally, I've seen, you know, been also playing a four three three and a four two and a four four two, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, those are kind of different roles for different people. And me personally, I think the team looks a lot better when we play a 4-4-2, you know, kind of leaving the two guys up front to kind of like roam free in a way. And I know Coco has played in that 4-4-2 type of uh, situation, and he was one of the two up front, and he seemed kind of lost, right? Uh, to my perception, at least. And and to me, he would be better on that second line of four in the middle, you know, kind of be a more midfielder. He's not so much you know, like a creator in the sense of like, you know, when you look at bossy that he can kind of, you know, put through passes and do this and that he's more of your, he's kind of like an in-between between Arthur and like a bossy, right? Bossy is very like offensive. uh, I think he's more like, more like between a bossy and Hector Herrera, I think. I think he's just a worse Herrera. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, not that, like that. Yeah, obviously he's not as good as. He's not I, as good I think as they actors, both try but... to do some of the same things. I think Coco's a little better at carrying the ball in transition. Forward, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you could. But Herrera, you look at look at him in the, the game too. He was like slaloming through players in the midfield, making guys fall. He could do that too. Yeah, and, and I Coco, think Coco definitely excels in that a bit more. But in Herrera, I think it's a little better spreading yeah. the play. 
Well, and I was going to say, obviously, compared to Coco, you know, Coco, you guys mentioned, he he carries the ball forward very well. Uh, he turns, you know, nothing into like a very dangerous play that most of the time leads to nothing. Um, but the thing with Hector Herrera, he's, does, he's a playmaker, but he, you know, a little deeper in the field, he's able to pick, uh, you know, long passes or just, you know, reads the uh, movement of his teammates very well. So I feel like Coco just likes a little bit of vision and definitely his passing, his, his final third passing definitely tends to struggle because I think it's the same thing. Uh, going back to the vision, I think he just doesn't see uh, those, you know, lanes being broken where uh, you can weave a, you know, a ball through to whoever's open making those runs, man. And I think that's that's a difficulty that we see with Coco because whenever you have Arthur, we know what Arthur does, right? We know his role. He's there to destroy the opposition's attack and then just basically restart with uh, in this case, Hector Herrera. Hector Herrera is the guy that's going to control the ball, control the pace of the of the field and the movement and commanding the uh, his teammates. And then Coco is supposed to be the guy that moves forward. And that he does that great, but that's about it. It seems that way, guys. Yeah. I mean, you, the thing is, when you have Arturi, he's the main defensive guy. He keeps it simple. And you got Herrera, who kind of does a bit of everything. And then the the thing is when Coco has the thing that he specializes in is bringing the ball forward. Herrera could do that too at almost almost as high of a level, while also contributing multiple other things. Then what's kind of even the point of having Coco play? Yeah, and, I mean it, it's I mean even look on Wednesday when they have Bossy playing that midfield role. Yeah, we 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 need that on the on the main team because I mean what's the point of having Coco just being a worse Herrera? when we could have a different profile of player like bossy in that position and then add more forwards to the lineup, create more chances and score more goals. I mean, evidently it worked. We I mean, looked, that was the best soccer we played of the season that last 30 minutes when Herrera came on. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and just to finish the uh, Texas Derby, uh, it wasn't like a necessarily like a back and forward game an exciting game. Um, but getting that one, one at home, you know, obviously last season, uh, me and Christian were there at the at the stadium when uh, basically that game should have been a tie, but you know calls against the Dynamo whether it was a goal or not a goal or just in general I, it changed the uh, the uh, game itself. Um, it's it, it's good to see the Dynamo going to Dallas and getting a point, and you know n- now going into the U.S. Open Cup, you know that being that they played on Tuesday massive win just by the scoreline. Um, that doesn't mean that this team is going to keep scoring, you know, four goals every game by any means. Um, but the team just looks better, man. And I think that's what it impresses. Even when we've lost 1-0, um, you know, you lose again Seattle. Uh, and not to track down too much uh, on past games, but – you know, you you most of those games you're down a man, down two men, um, and you still find a way to barely get scored on. I think that's very really impressive, and you know that that's where the defensive tactics from Ben Olsen are at work. And it was question about where the goal is going to come from, and you know, going into the Minnesota match, you know, seeing the players that started the game, um, would it just made so much sense of the way they wanted to play. And yeah, sure enough, people are going to be like, well, you know, Minnesota got a red card. The team looked better even before the red card. Uh, Joey or Christian, man. Yeah, just your thoughts on, you know, the beginning of the game and, you know, the game with Chicago and Austin ended, man. So it looks like Chicago is going to be the next uh, team that the Dynamo are going to face and they'll be playing in Chicago, what, next week, is it? Think I think they play uh, next week sometime. But uh, Joey, if you were talking, you were on mute, bro. Yes, sir. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> it's it's after it's in between St. Louis and LAFC. That's when we play. Oh, okay, time. okay, that makes sense. Because next week, midweek is Vancouver. That's what it is. Okay. 
So, so but yeah, man, I, I don't know, uh, Christian, your thoughts on just uh, the the team, uh, how they looked on on Wednesday. We know the U.S. Open Cup, you know, is going to be a rotated team. Obviously, you saw um, Talent and Maples and Marana get some playing time, man. But uh, yeah, just your your uh, thoughts on that that match, or you know, whatever surprised you from the uh, starting lineup. Um, well, I mean, seeing uh, Shevchenko, is that how are you pronouncing it? Uh, get his, get, you know, I don't think that's right. It's not right. Well, that's all right. I, 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 I keep, I've been saying that too, but I think it's Shevchenko. Shevchenko. It's, it's Sviachenko. Oh. There you go. We're not Russianing en- enough, man. Yeah. Russia? Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> We're not this guy's enough. Croatian. Croatia used to be Russian. See, he's, he, he's not even Croatian. I thought he was. He's, he's from Norway. No, Danish. I know, but I thought Norway. he's <laughs> He's from Denmark. Close enough. <laughs> he's from Denmark, but I thought he his dad or something was from Croatia. Come I mean, on, he Joe. Might some, he might have some man. Croatian heritage. He plays for the Danish national team. This is this is, is... Sviachenko. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right, I'm gonna this, look it up on y'all. This is how this is how Salvadorians or Hondur- Hondurians feel when they are like, "Oh, you Mexican too," you know, <laughs> when, they, <laughs> when they just call everybody Mexican. It's the same thing, you know. It's all right. Uh, everybody does it to us. It's all right, and we can do it to them. <laughs> but no, uh, we'll keep it on Shevchenko. So Shevchenko, I, <laughs> uh, I mean, he looked pretty solid. You know, obviously he hasn't played in a minute, so coming in and he sorry put it- Ukraine. There you go. I found it. There you go, Ukraine. <laughs> His parents moved to Denmark from Ukraine. There you go. See, all right. So he's he's Ukrainian, then Danish. That's pretty close to Russia. Russia, Ukraine. They're always fighting Soviet each Union. other and stuff. They still are technically right. Yeah, they they still are fighting each other. You're yeah. right. Shut up. But anyway, sorry, my bad, dude. I just knew he was somewhere from <laughs> over there. Uh, but yeah, no, um, no. I mean, he put some good. I, that good good shift talent maples did a pretty good job too uh you would think you know him not having a lot of experience these past few games i mean the last year's open game he only played a couple a couple of minutes but this game you know he started and if i'm not mistaken he played the whole entire game and he did pretty good he had like i think one mistake that could have gone bad that went to a uh to a corner kick but other than that, he 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 was pretty solid. So it's kind of cool to see, you know, that that also, you know, talking about Dynamo Los, that shift from, you know, seeing the results basically from from Dynamo Los to the first team that you know he's an option now. Um, Brooklyn Reigns, I think he's also another good option. Um, I still think he needs a little bit more time to grow, but obviously, I mean, he's 18 years old. So can can you really say, you know, he needs to grow? It's kind of obvious, right? Um, what can Caicedo uh, had a fantastic game, honestly, giving the, you know, giving Arthur and Boko and, you know, Herrera in that midfield a run for their money. But honestly, we looked very organized. It looked very well. We looked like a really good team. And it's weird to think that this is, you know, quote unquote, our second team. So, you know, some, I was even thinking, I was like, we should just play this team on, on Saturday. You know, we look, we look so good. So. And then imagine we had to use Achache in the second half in the last 30 minutes. And, you know, we were chilling and then we threw in Hector to kind of close down the game in a way. But no, I liked it. Good, good performance. Even Quinones was shining, right? Like we yeah. were making, we were making fun of him because his contract is about to end his loan. <laughs> so he's kind of showing off. So he looked, he was making better decisions that, than what he's used to. You know, I think he still needs a little tune up, but he did, he made some good some good uh, decision making. Yeah, I think by far game. this was Quinones like best game that definitely we play. You know, I know uh, Joey, you did uh, you wrote the ratings, so we'll 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 bounce it on you, man. Just on your thoughts on the players that we saw, man. I'm talking about Quinones. He was he was electric today yesterday, man. Uh, it's he's he's so good, like exciting on the ball until he has to shoot or pass. Or pass. <laughs> his passing was good. His passing was solid. I mean, his crossing maybe left a little bit to be desired, but his general passing was it was a lot more accurate than usual. I mean, he can't shoot for his life, but God, he's he's <laughs> so fast, and he and I I think he's got a good brain on him. I think he just 
he just needs to refine his skill a bit more. And, you know, he's, he's young, comes from uh, Columbia. I mean, Columbia doesn't always produce the best players within Columbia. Usually they start developing more when they go abroad. So, right. I mean, I thought he was, I thought he was really good. Best, best game for him. They're talking about the center backs. I think, I think Sviachenko was really, really good. He was just a rock. I think Maples, oh, the first half he was, he was bad, but he was he well, was yeah i think like the first 25 minutes for maples were pretty shaky uh they you, attacked him so hard he's not the greatest guy on the you know winning on the, the ball in the ball. air yeah mm-hmm. he doesn't read on the those he's, he's shorter he's right he, he's a he's shorter, sh- he is shorter no, he's yeah. about i think he's like six feet but like me man we kind of we can't he jump you know like we have <laughs> that what is it called the vertically challenge <laughs> That's to an extent, man. I think he what, he what does, I like. Yeah. So I don't want to cut you off. But one thing that I like about Maples is that whenever he has the ball in his feet, he doesn't seem like scared or rushed to make yeah. a decision. Um, that's something that I noticed, you know, because, you know, I'm not comparing myself to him, but well, I play and- center back back in my day and I would like get freaked out and just like, oh, fuck it. And I'll just, you know, <laughs> boot the ball. But he, you know, nowadays as a center back, you have to be really good with your feet. You're not just, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, caveman that just comes comes into like destroy, you know, type thing. Like now you have to be a really good player with your feet. Uh, so it's it's kind of to it's kind of good to see a guy that doesn't have a lot of experience in the first team playing against, you know, true professionals be so calm and collected when, you know, the time was needed in a way. He was playing midfield a lot of times in that game. Like, he was getting up really high. Yeah. He was. And like you said, I mean, it's obviously he's 24 years old, man, and playing in Dynamo Dos. Like, he's he's an experienced player. He's our captain. Uh, so it was good that it, it may have taken a little bit for him to feel comfortable. But once he did, it was easy money. You know, like, he was mm-hmm. – I don't think he really made any big mistakes, whether passing – uh, after, like was said, the first 20 minutes of being shaky. And do what definitely helps, too, is to have a guy with so much experience from, from a foreign guy like Sviachenko, who's been playing forever, to come in, and then he also he speaks really, really good English for being foreign, too. That, so to have that good communication, too, that, that got to help him and Marana so much. And I will say, though, whenever, uh, you know, he started kind of shaky, uh, you saw uh, Hector Herrera and um, Ethan Barlow off the bench just come and, you know, pull Ma- uh, Maples to the side and just kind of give him a little bit of a pep talk when they saw that he was being um, <laughs> he was being challenged often uh, and he was getting the best of or they were getting the best of him in the beginning. And, and that's kind of the way we did our signings this offseason. We were bringing in these guys with a pedigree of winning, these professionals, you know, Sviachenko, Herrera. Well, Herrera was last year, but Escobar and Smith and Artura, these guys that are known for being locker room guys and good teammates. It really, really helps out these younger players and it just adds a lot to a, to a team. Yeah, I know it's incredible, like the the amount of leadership there is. Um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, when uh, Eric Sivchenko was given the captain armband, which was a little surprising to see in his first match, uh, just because, you know, that's the first game that he played for Dynamo. But we know the guy has played a ton of, you know, games in his career and, you know, in Champions League and European League. So, uh, it's understandable why he's going to be the captain. But I think whenever he left, he gave it to Ethan Barlow, if I'm not mistaken. And I think he carried it all the way till Hector Herrera came in the pitch. But it's just uh, good to see that players even like Ethan, they're, you know, young, 23 years old, um, getting a ton of minutes this year. It's, uh, you know, picking up that, that leadership role in the center back position, um, you know, alongside... You know, Hedavi's probably going to be out for an extended time. And uh, Mikael next to him, it, it's good to see those younger guys kind of step in and, and get involved for sure, man. Yeah, and, it's uh, also credit to Bundy. Yes. Big time. No, I wanted to mention Tarbell. I mean, you know, obviously second goalies don't get a lot of action. 
but the you know the the action that he did get, he he had some really good saves. Uh, he was he was uh, you know involved when he whenever whenever he needed to be involved, and he had some like you know close range shots that he was able to defend well. So you know that's that's what you need from a keeper. Obviously, we know that he's been around for a little while, so it's kind of expected of him. But you know, obviously, building confidence and being able to you know be ready whenever the the time comes. And that and, th- that helps the group, right? Because obviously, like three clean sheets, that's pretty impressive. Yep. Mm-hmm. We've been we've been we've been having pretty. I mean, defensively this year, like overall, when you look at how we've been at home, I mean. We've been pretty good. <laughs> you know Excellent. What I mean? like, yeah. yeah. Like away, obviously it's a whole different ball game. And I think we're, we're still, we're still doing pretty good away compared mm-hmm. to, you know, previous years. So solid, defensively, we're pretty solid. And like been also was saying, I guess the, the main issue was up top, you know, getting goals, getting, getting a forward, getting somebody out there to score. You know, we, we, t- I think the conversation after that Dallas game was Thor uh, you know, if he deserved to be a starter, like a legit number, you know, up there starter as a forward. And and then obviously we can't, you know, not mention Baird in his in his hattie trick, you know. Yeah. Hat trick. Yeah, and that's a good transition. Cause yeah, you're right. I mean, the big talk is who's scoring the goals. Um, you know, Sebastian Ferreira scored a ton of goals last season, been struggling in this, you know, formations, the scheme of Ben Olsen, Vinny Ball. Um, so he's going to score if other guys can't. And Corey Berry decided to just, you know, get a hat trick to, you know, he hadn't scored. So he was in a big drought too for how many minutes he had played this season. So for him to get three goals, pretty impressive, Joey. I don't, I don't know your thoughts. Obviously, let's not get too ahead of ourselves, man, man, but just your thoughts on, on Corey Berry and his hat trick. Dude, he was great. I mean, Baird his whole career has been a really streaky player. So he always has his lows. He has his highs. I mean, you saw last year, he was pretty bad for most of the year. He, then he came in, he had, he got a goal. He stepped it up for a few weeks, had some really had a really, really good run of form at the end of the season. Now he comes in this year, right back into his bad form. And now we see him, he scores one goal in a game off a penalty. You know, he was gifted it pretty much from bossy. And then he takes that confidence and goes and gets two more. I think that's something he's going to have to carry on forward and show some consistency through the rest of the season. And if he does that, he's a hell of a player. I actually, I, I, I would put money on Baird scoring on Saturday. I think that's the type of player he is that, you know, he gets his, he gets his confidence and he'll, yeah. he'll, he'll take it on for a few weeks and we'll, we'll see some good Baird for a while. It's, you know, he's got to avoid the drought after that. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Christian. No, yeah, kind of second that what, what Joey was saying. I mean, I think, I think now we're going to see a whole different Baird. Uh, I mean, the coaching staff loves them because obviously he, he's been playing almost every single minute out there. Um, obviously, you know, the fans have their opinions. Uh, we all know, you know, what he was last year. We all know what he's been doing this year. And I was just thinking of, you know, right now when Joey was talking about, you know, if you look at Baird and you look at, you know, what he does, you know, obviously I can sit here and, and talk about, you know, the things that I don't like about him, which I think it's what, you know, it's kind of obvious, but I think we have to give him credit and the fact that the kid, you know, he, he does have really good soccer IQ when, when you look at, you know, some of the runs he makes, uh, the way that he tries to position himself and, you know, obviously and he's a team guy, you know, you're going to see him chasing the ball down. Uh, whenever he makes a mistake or whenever, you know, even if he doesn't make a mistake, you know, if he has to go recover, you know, get down, you know, hustle back or whatever it needs to be. Uh, the guy, you know, he's going to get hit for the team. He's going to get you some fouls. He's going to be, you know, he's going to be running around the box, giving everybody a headache. You know, it's one of those players that as, you know, maybe he's not a protagonist in the story, but he's going to be there kind of like popping up every once in a while in the story to kind of give you something to work with. And and that's why, you know, I've been kind of backing up Baird this year because, you know, even though we haven't seen the goals, he's been there to kind of be be part of those goals that we have seen. And not only that, but he's been giving the team some options to kind of create, you know, he's the one making runs. He's the one, you know, getting fouls, like I said. Uh, so, I mean, 
hopefully this is a huge boost for him when it comes to confidence, not only in the U.S. Open Cup, but in the actual MLS, you know, in, in the league play. Um, you know, hopefully he can go into the summer and into the, you know, whatever cup it is that we have right now with the, the Mexican teams that I always forget their names because every year is something different. But but after that, you know, Thanks, hopefully uh... he can keep up. Yeah, you know, hopefully he can keep up his his the momentum. And usually, you know, how in soccer they say, you know, once you score your first goal, it, they just kind of start coming in. So hopefully this is the, the beginning of a double-digit, you know, Baird, you know, goals for Baird, you know, season. So shout yeah, out Baird. I, I would say that for a lot of the Dynamo fans, Corey Baird is the antagonist of their story for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he, he's the bad guy, man. Nobody wants which, to see Which him. makes no sense. It makes no sense. Cause he is one of the most team players, like, but he makes mistakes and they're very noticeable because they're like, you know, up there. But I mean, he, he's at least kind of trying in a way, you know, and, and, th- and I hate him too. Whenever <laughs> I'm like, Corey, you run towards your, the defender, you know? And he like turns around and cuts back and passes it back. And I'm like, God damn it, Corey. But, you know, it, it's one of those things that you kind of have to live with. You know, the fact that he's going to try to look for the ball. He's going to try to, you know, run towards the ball. But he might not give you that, you know. But, you know, look at the position he was playing, you know, before yeah. that, whenever we were yelling at him. I feel like this game, he kind of played a different role. Now that we have Ibrahim to kind of take over that, you know, striker spot. And he's able to be free on the sides. And how I mean, how good that is, man. You know, yeah. obviously Ibrahim came in uh, within yes. days. He, you know, was able to play. He's been getting more minutes. He gets subbed in. The dude gets a goal. I mean, it's great, you know. And obviously, I think he even got the second assist, didn't he? Or the for the head, uh, the hat trick. Yeah, he assisted the, the fourth, the fourth goal. goal yeah, yeah, the fourth goal. Uh, so. It's so good to see Ibrahim Aliyu. And then you start thinking, Sevas who, you know? At this point, questions keep uh, trolling Sevas, but not for the good reasons anymore. At this point, you know, if mm-hmm. the players that Ben Olsen has decided to stick with or bring in are working, um, obviously this is just one game. But again, we've seen them play well, even when they were lost 1-0 uh, recently. Um I don't know, man. Do you really? What do you think is going to happen with Sevas? In my perspective, I was thinking he was going to, you know, eventually get plugged in, and he has. Again, we mentioned that he started against FC Dallas, and he didn't do a a bad job. Uh, could he do better? Of course, he can. But it just he looks lost at times because he just doesn't fit the style of nine that um, Ben Olsen is wanting. Um, and his formation, but yeah, I don't know. Christian, do you think uh, this is probably the last season with Sebastian Ferreira, or do you think that we'll see a little bit more of him just getting some minutes every now and then throughout the season? I mean, I think it should be his last season. You know, wherever he's at, if we can, I don't, you know, honestly, I don't know how all these rules work, but if we can move him in the summer, I think that's ideal. Cause you know, you get rid of all that money that you you're paying him or whatever. Um, honestly, like I said, I don't know how, how the, all these contract shit works, but if you can, you know, if you can get rid of them and use that money to kind of provide some extra help somewhere else, you know, another winger or whatever it may be to kind of give you more firepower. Um, yeah, I think, I think we should just move on. You know, it, it is what it is. You know, we appreciate last season when we needed him the most, uh, he was there for us. But I think at this time, you know, I don't think he fits what Ben Olsen wants. I don't think he fits what we have going forward. And, I mean, you can tell that by the fact that, you know, we brought in Ibrahim, you know, Bossy is there. Uh, even even Ivan Franco is there to kind of not play the nine role, but, you know, be more of in the attack than, than he is. You know, Ben Olsen's attack starts in our own half. You know, we start in our own half and that's where we push forward. With Sebas, he's he's used to starting as close as to the box as he can. And, you know, that's not going to fly for us, you know, especially being a defensive team. We're not going to wait for the, you know, we can pressure the team, you know, deep in their own half. But I don't think, I don't, it doesn't seem like Ben Olsen is one of those guys that he's going to go all the way. You know, he's not going to go Kenny Bundy pressure you, you know, in the corner flag. 
But uh, I mean, we'll, we'll see. And I don't think he has the stamina for it. Also, so he's not gonna he's not gonna be a guy that's gonna give you ninety minutes. So yeah. why would you pay a guy, you know, a DP, a guy, you know, a guy that can do give you ninety minutes every single game? And uh, and then you, you you mentioned Bassi a little bit and Joey. I mean, this was Bassi's best game too. Uh, you know, playing centrally, basically where Coco plays. This, I mean, the weighted passes he provided, uh, you know, throughout the match was really good, man. I mm-hmm. it, he's a player that we know. I think that his best role is playing as a ten instead of playing out wide and coming in. Uh, just because he is pretty, he controls well, and and you know, again, his passing is pretty good. Man, that that pass to Quinones that when he didn't finish it, God, that was a ridiculous pass. His vision is incredible, and he was just opening up the play all night. He was just creating so many chances. Everything we did that was good came through him. It was yep. it was it was incredible. And then we, even when we saw Franco come in. Franco came in in that position too and played more central than normal, and he he looked really good too. He yeah. he played in a leave for the fourth goal. Mm-hmm. It's really 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 good vision on that pass. Really good weight on the ball. It I, I think we're just it's like what I was saying about Coco is like if you don't have Coco and Herrera kind of doing the same thing, and you could add in Bossy or Franco into a better position for them, and then add more forwards, you could just really really have a good attack. Yeah, you just need somebody I, that can slow down. I think that's the big difference between Coco. Coco's just high motor, you know, quick, quick, quick. He's the energizer bunny, man. He's just pushing forward, and, and it's great. It's fantastic. But that's if, you know, you have a finished product and you don't. And then seeing Bossy and Franco play in the middle of the field, uh, you know, taking, getting the ball, not being scared of dribbling, even if it's just five feet, man, you know, Juke one of the players, move forward a couple feet and hit a really good through ball. I mean, we saw, if I'm not mistaken, Bossy was part of the penalty, uh, you know, call because I believe he was the one that shipped it in and then eventually hit he the was. guy in the hand. And then the second goal as well, whenever he did a th- perfect through ball to uh, Corey Baird um, that had like a really fantastic soft touch to uh, go through the defender and, fin- and do a little ship, uh, yeah, ship shot towards the goal. Uh, but Bossy, man, he 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 impressed me a lot this game. Uh, we know that the guy's good. We've joked around. Is he just a penalty guy? Dude, I don't care if he scores anymore as long as he keeps assisting like he's been doing, man. Uh, let, me get, let me throw an idea out there, and then you'll see. You'll tell me if you like it or not. But, you know, you play a 4-4-2, you know, whatever the back line is going to be, you know, make that whatever you want, especially now that we you have a thousand center backs and you, you can kind of rotate them, you know, you can play stairs on the right or whatever it may be. And then in the, you know, the the second line of four, you can have um, Baird on the left or Baird on the right, you know, Coco, not Coco, Ache uh, Ache and um, Arthur in the middle. And then you can have Quinones or Franco on the right. I, I would rather Quinones because he has a little bit more projection down the line. And then you'll have Bossi and Ibrahim, you know, as a, as your top two, especially since you know that they're going to, you know, if they need to defend, they're going to drop down and defend because those are the, you know, they're hustlers in that in a way. Bossi, you know, has become a hustler thanks to Ben Olsen in a way. He's always talking about that this is the harder he's, he has worked in his career. But then also you can also give them the freedom to be in that center circle to kind of slow down the game whenever you need to or to move forward and kind of get the ball from Hector Herrera, play with him. You know, obviously the the experience from Hector and then the kind of nice touches that Basi has like as a as a sneaky low 10. And then you can, ha- you can have Ibrahim, you know, kind of make those runs or even have Baird, you know, show up on down the line or something or whatever it may be. But what do you guys think about that? I'm not gonna lie. Or how I'm how would you how would you, <laughs> how you I mean that's kind of I mean four two three one four four two. I mean when you have yeah, a player yeah. who's same shit, right? Who could yeah, who could who could very dynamic like bossy, it's kind of the same thing. So yeah, yeah I, I think we you know, you guys mentioned I I don't know if it was uh you, Joey, or if it was Sack and the chat, but you know, it talked about playing with a diamond. That's another in the midfield. Yeah. But 
I I prefer to see what we've been seeing lately, which is that four two three one. You know, playing just so meaning a just being a center <laughs> uh, a central attacking midfielder. That's the role that Bossy ended up playing against uh, Minnesota, and obviously Minnesota going down a man stupidly by Ariaga getting a second yellow uh, made it even easier. But again. The team already looked like they were going to get a couple goals after, you know, before the penalty, and then obviously after the penalty. It just seemed like I, it was going to be uh, Houston taking it. What's up, Chris? And no, I want to say one last thing. As a guy that doesn't play FIFA or doesn't play video games, I just want to say that FIFA, the game, like you know, the actual video game, has ruined soccer for me in a way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all these goddamn numbers, like. What 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 did we play? Four two one three two one. Like it's like what? Wait wait hold on. Like it, the other day I went to go watch uh some like guys play, uh on vote league, and then you know some guys were like coming in for subs, and they're like, hey, what am I playing? And then some other guy was like, oh, you're playing Cam, and I was like, what the fuck is that? Okay, cam? I, I when people <laughs> say that, that's the and stupidest then, thing, man. And then and then and then and then another kid went in in the field and he's like, oh, you know, what do you know? What are you playing? He's like, oh, I'm playing CDM. I'm like, bro, what the? What are you playing? Because you know, I'm I'm even though you know I'm young, but you know, Rudy knows like we're kind of old school in the way that we we kind of name the positions by the numbers in a way, right? And and it's funny because you know some people still do that, but I just think you know I just want to put it out there that FIFA has ruined soccer for me <laughs> in the way that formations are kind of named you know play four three two one and the, but one on the side and we're gonna play a rhombus and a, a sausage <laughs> triangle you know like yeah. where, where all these shapes come from you know i i hate the way they do formations in fifa too because like they make the formation so rigid like there's no fluidity because in real soccer you know it's not just like four yeah. four two you know just sticking to the that whole it's time like the yeah. whole time like things yeah. move and change Every, everything is so interchangeable and I, I hate that about FIFA it's you can't have any dynamics to your tactic ever no and you and you can tweak it but it's never 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 mm-hmm. the same man for sure but uh obviously you know I have my uh screen shared to you guys so I just went into so FIFA because I wanted just to see our quote-unquote best players and it's kind of <laughs> Kind of interesting in here, man. Obviously, Hector Herrera being the the, first, the top player, and then uh, Sviachenko up there too. It's kind of kind of interesting, and obviously Ferreira being one of ours. Sviachenko is younger than me. Sixty nine. That's insane. For who? Oh, Yeah, yeah. Dude, dude, where do they have a Leo? Where's he at? Let's see, Clark is thirty six years old, and that's insane. Clark's 37 now. They don't have him in here, bro. God dang. They don't have him in here? No. That's, that's, that's we, have a, we have a pretty young team. Like, when you look at it, I feel like... We yeah, the younger, oldest right? is Steve Clark. Yeah, I just yeah. saw a char in there, and I'm just like, whoa, who's that guy? We we only have, what, three? <laughs> we, have, we have three players over 30, if I'm not wrong, right? Yeah, that's, I mean... That's crazy. The, the team, well, the team I wouldn't say we're definitely we're specifically young, because a lot of our starters are more up Older, there but we yeah. have a a lot of young players that are contributing yeah. to adding to the depth that could definitely merge into the starters that's that's what i meant that's what i meant <laughs> yeah uh, just, no, it, that's good to see it, it also you know what's good to see that you know you can put that for the first time and i think in a while we can say that this team has some type of depth yeah like, for sure you know we, we saw a u.s open cup and you kind of looked at the team and you're like you know you know what this team might do some damage, you know, against the Minnesota. Obviously, Minnesota <laughs> I, United wasn't friendly with their first team either. But you're like, you know, if if I were to pick, you know, Minnesota second team and you know Dynamo second team, I'll go with the Dynamo second. The team. way the way you said it, it sort of reminded me of Home Alone. I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not <laughs> afraid anymore. Oh, bro, I, that's such Rudy a and the afraid. Uh, <laughs> like that, that's literally the way you said it. It just, and I was like, yeah, you're right. I mean, now we have a little of debt. It doesn't uh, kind of yeah. scare you going into this heavily rotated matches for sure, man. But to talk about rotated matches, obviously, we know that the Dynamo are going against Austin FC on Saturday again. Austin FC just lost against Chicago Fire, and uh, they're out of the U.S. Open Cup competition and 
they uh played you know pretty much their starters if not i'm mistaken joey i don't i don't keep up with all of mls like i should but uh you know do you think that that helps the dynamo seeing that many you know first team players uh you know be a part of this match against chicago that end up losing yeah definitely i mean austin austin played their pretty much first team i don't I don't. I gotta look at their lineup again. I don't know who, how much rotation they did. It wasn't a lot. Neither did Chicago yeah, Sardis, too. Rigoni. Yeah, yeah, yeah Rigoni, Redes, Zardes, front three. Then what? Dead Vison, Cascante, Ring, back back three, Lundy, and Get. Yeah. yeah, that's their starter. Yeah, that's their starter. I mean, no Drewsi because he's injured, he's and then no uh, Owen Wolf because he's with the U twenty. So yeah, that's their that's their strongest team, I guess. Um, I mean, Fagundes wasn't. And yeah, I was gonna say you got Finley and Fagundes. But was Fagundes really? Is he really in their best eleven anymore? He's been so horrible this year. Yeah, yeah he's, he's same thing with Ruti. And you look at Minnesota; they played. They played pretty much their almost strongest team too. I mean, they had a little bit of rotation, so that must feel really good yeah, for they, our boys. That's for sure because you know I think Minnesota, like the, from the two games that they played, you know, within ten days. Um, they both of the teams that they played were pretty strong teams, man. I think they yeah. did a good job of the, the only starters that they sat. I mean, Maria was on the bench. Uh, Fragapane. I mean, he. I don't know if he's he's not really been their everyday starter. He's no. been kind of in and out. Dotson didn't play, and Kamar Lawrence and didn't play, and then switched the goalkeepers like almost everyone does. But I think, but in to an extent, even for Houston, obviously seeing you mentioned Hector Reda get thirty minutes, I was kind of. You know, he he came in and he just changed the game too. Uh, obviously, you know, getting three more goals after his arrival. But um, you know, seeing Austin play so many of the guys and still not working out for them at home to lose two zero against Chicago Fire, we're also a team that is just hit or miss. Uh, just tells you how much inconsistency there is for Austin currently, and uh, you know, Houston getting them again on at home. They need a get another win man now, that's the only thing that they can do they you know for how good the dynamo have been at home um you know obviously they just recently lost against seattle sounders but that's with two men down man they took it it literally took for them to lose two men for seattle to get us going man but uh you know what what are you guys expecting from this game uh christian i guess we'll start with you man what are you expecting uh for the dynamo in austin on saturday I mean, considering the fact that we went up to Dallas and we kind of, you know, gave them a, a good game in a way, you know, not, you know, in the field, but, you know, kind of gave them a hard time, especially where they at on the table. And then, you know, seeing an Austin that hasn't been that consistent to what we're used to, I guess, from last year, uh, you know, a really good Austin this year, they, they've they been kind of trashing away. Um I think I think we're going to win. I think we, we might even, you know, put a little beat down on them kind of show them a, a little bit of respect of in, in a way. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, if we beat them 3-0 or something like that. Like, yeah. you know, I think now that we, we know we can score multiple goals in a game, I think we're, we're, we're going to be able to do that. And especially at home with our people, I feel like the people are a little bit more confident now in our team. And I think that that energy, you know, from the people and the team, you know, kind of goes back and forth. Uh, and we've been pretty good defensively, so I don't think, you know, we'll get scored on. Um, you know, Steve Clark has been a beast, man. It's, it's, it's incredible how much of a of a game changer he has been, you know, as a goalkeeper. Um, but, yeah, that just just that. A, a nice, good, you know, solid win on, on the weekend. Yeah, what about you, Joey? What are you expecting from this match, man? I mean, it has to be a win. I mean... We need we're we're starving for points right now. We haven't won an MLS game in a few matches. Um, I mean, and also everything's about the momentum. Like Austin, it was kind of scaring me because they went and won two games in a row, and like all the momentum was on their side. We were losing, they were winning, and now they go in have this heartbreaking defeat in the Open Cup with their starters, and then on our side we go in and have the complete opposite. We have the biggest win of the season. We have a big morale booster. So. I think the momentum's in our favor. I think we go in. I, I, I don't know if I want to predict we kill them, but I, I, th- I think we're going to beat them fairly comfortably. Yeah, I think it's going to be. I mean, I could see it being a tough game just because of that. I mean, it's kind of like when Austin lost to uh, 
that team from Haiti, right? It, it looked like after the fact they were trying to prove, you know, that they basically they're trying to come back from the really bad embarrassment. So um, they basically just got embarrassed at home by Chicago Fire. So they may come, you know, with a little bit of a uh, chip on their shoulder against Houston, knowing that they already lost in Houston this season. So um, I don't know. I could see that game being like a one one goal being the difference, whether it be a 1-0 for the Dynamo or 2-1 for the Dynamo. But I think at the end of the day, we'll get that win uh, just because of the the way that we've been playing uh, or the team has been playing, performing well defensively, obviously playing very well at home, only one goal for the season at home. I mean, that's that's pretty good. Uh, you know, I'm not good with stats, Joey, but one goal at home, that's not bad, I, I, right? That's great. <laughs> best so, in, is it best in the league still? I think it is. I think it is, man. Yeah. And so, I mean, looking at the table right now, yeah, you know, is. the Dynamo are sitting in 10th place, scored 11 goals, got in scored 11 goals. The only team with a zero goal difference, which, you know, kind of sad, I guess. Kind of good. I don't know. But. And you look at the teams, uh, like Austin is right on top in ninth place. They have minus five. And then Real Salt Lake has minus nine. So that says a lot, man. To me, I, I'm it's really good to see the Dynamo performing well defensively. Um, because, yeah, you know, maybe we're not. We miss Albert Deli, St. Kyoto scoring a ton of goals and Manota scoring a ton of goals. But we, we're... I think at the end of the day, defense do win you championships. And if you want to win or, or build something for the future, uh, you kind of have to be defensively sound, man. So, yeah. I mean, with, with, with a win, we jump, you know, let's just say hypothetical. With a win, we go up to 18 points and then, you know, we could sit, you know, at, in a fifth place. So it's, you know, nothing is, is far from over. Uh, but obviously every point kind of matters and counts obviously and then also looking at the goal differential like you said we have the second the second best you know goals against you know the number one is LAFC with 10 against and then we're next with 11 yeah but then also we're one of the worst ones in scoring goals obviously that's where we need to work on Um, but I yeah I mean I think everything's still kind of wide open for everybody and we also have a couple games in on hand so or in hand or on hand, whatever. I don't know, but yeah, there's two more games to play. So yeah. that that's good too. And <laughs> that's good. Obviously, yeah. you know, you you play against Austin, then you play against um, Minnesota. No, not Minnesota. Sorry, you play against Vancouver. So there's going to be games pretty much every other day. It seems like for Houston. Yeah. So tough um, games too. Yeah, yeah, tough games for sure. And then obviously you play the LAFC matches. You play the US Up and Cup, which obviously less teams in it now. So you're going to start seeing uh, better teams being fielded by their head coaches. So it's, it's a good time to be a Houston Dynamo fan, man. At this point, you know, people talk about the summer slump and it's something that's happened often in Houston. Um, And right now you don't lose, sorry, you don't win championships, but you can definitely lose them. And, you know, you don't want to not continue to gain some points to try to make it into the playoffs. So, Guys, unless you guys have anything else to add, we can uh, go ahead and shut it down. Christian, uh, tell the people how they can connect with us, man. Uh, yes, you can find us at, oh, I was going to say Dynamo Theory. You can find <laughs> us at, Bayou, at BayouCitySoccer.net. You can go to the website, find everything that you need there. Uh, like, you know, like the guys mentioned, we have articles every day. Uh, with a lot of information, you know, mm-hmm. from getting to know the opponents to, you know, the rankings after the games, player rankings from, from your boy Joey over there. Uh, you know, Rudy does the scouting against the opponents. Everybody, you know, pitches in and does a little something in the website. So go check it out, you know, go get some reading done. Uh, all the press conferences, you know, eventually at some point in time, they go up on the YouTube channel. So go check out the yes. YouTube channel as well. Uh, you know, give us a like, you know, comment. What, you know that that's your place to interact you know with the kind of with the players and coaches in a way uh indirectly um so go do that instagram twitter facebook at bayou city soccer go check us out there don't forget merch go get some really cool stuff uh senate avenue 
good brewing company. Don't forget, go check those guys out. We we were out the last week. Pretty fun times. They had turtles everywhere. So that was pretty dope. Uh, they always have cool events and stuff like that for the for the family and, and the community. So we'll be out there in a couple of weeks uh, watching the St. Louis game. So come check us out. Rudy, Rudy Segura, three, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Joey at Joey Chabala, 10. These guys in their numbers. And then you can find me at Chris Putalias and Rodrigo, who's MIA for tonight. You can find at Rodrigo Segura, zero, one. So don't forget, BayouCitySoccer.net. Yeah, talking about Rodrigo, I'll be I'll be heading to Dallas because his wife finally graduates from wow. dentist school. I guess I don't know. I, I'm not smart <laughs> enough to know what that school is called, but uh, yeah. So Rodrigo is finally gonna be back in Houston, man. After four years that he's been gone in Dallas, Ugh. I don't I don't think he he loves it as much, and I'm sure he's he's excited to come back, man, and, and be a part of this uh, on the daily grind of games and stuff. Uh, covering the Dynamo, the Dash, and Dynamo those. But, guys, man, uh, we really appreciate you guys checking us out at Bayou City Soccer. Uh, make sure, again, to check the website. But for us, give us a like, subscribe, rate rate us, give us a review. You know, if you think uh, we're not funny, if you think we uh, are too stupid, man, just let us know, man. Let us know in the review. But if you have anything nice to say, say it, too. You know, if you think... If you think Joey Chaval is kind of cute, you think that uh, Rudy's, you know, has... Low-key, low, low he is. I, mean, but... I appreciate that. <laughs> if, you, you know, if you want to make fun of me being a little bit too bald, man, just let it... It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't hurt my feelings, man. Uh, but yeah, man, we truly appreciate you guys listening to us. And with that, Houston soccer fans, um, thank you and keep it, keep it. <laughs> don't forget to hold it down and keep it forever orange let's go